morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Fair's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 11th of July, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with John T. Warris, and I'm also joined by Manuel Villegas, and I'm looking forward to getting his latest thoughts on digital assets. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, John T. So I see China's been in the news again. This time it's for more positive reasons. Can you fill us in on this story first? Good morning, Helen. Yes, that's right. China has signaled that it will uh, offer more economic support measures after Chinese authorities announced that they will extend a number of policies to support the ailing Chinese real estate sector, specifically the struggling property developers. Uh, This will include uh, allowing the postponement of loan repayments by up to a year. And Chinese banks will be encouraged to negotiate with real estate firms to extend outstanding loans in a bid to help construction of properties. And in other news, Turkish President Erdogan has agreed to forward to Parliament Sweden's bid to join the NATO military alliance on the eve of the NATO summit in Vilnius yesterday. Uh, Sweden has said that it has fulfilled all the demands agreed upon in negotiations with Turkey last year, including introducing a new bill that makes being a member of a terrorist organisation illegal and has stressed that freedom of speech is protected in its constitution. NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg declined to give a date for when Sweden's accession would be ratified by the Turkish parliament. Okay, and we saw a calmer day yesterday for investors overall after last week's clear out in the bond market. Can you give us a roundup of the market action yesterday? Yep, gladly. So stock markets kicked off the week on a rather cautious note yesterday as traders weighed the remarks of a number of Fed speakers and as they await key inflation data later this week, uh, along with the start of the Q2 earnings season. Uh, US equities generally finished higher yesterday. After falling in the three previous sessions, the S&P 500 managed to close with a small gain of 0.2% yesterday in what was a pretty choppy trading session. Um, Seven of its 11 sectors posted positive gains with industrials, healthcare and energy stocks leading the pack, Well, we saw a slower day for the tech, utilities and telecom sectors. And small caps also posted another session of outperformance. In fixed income, US Treasuries were mostly firmer with the curve steepening, with yields on the 2 and 10-year US Treasuries back below 5 and 4% respectively. The US dollar was also weaker on the major crosses. In commodities, gold finished down very slightly, while Bitcoin futures were up 1.4%. And WTI crude also ended down 1.2% in fairly lively trading yesterday. And staying in the US, I saw a story yesterday that the NASDAQ 100 will soon undergo a special rebalancing. What can you tell us there? That's right. Yeah, the special rebalancing of the NASDAQ 100 index will take place before the market open on Monday, July the 24th, mainly to address over-concentration in the index by redistributing the weights of the stocks. The weighting changes will be announced uh, on the 14th of July, this week, Friday. There won't be any stocks added or removed, but there is some concern that a handful of names, uh, mainly the Magnificent Seven, is distorting the health of the overall stock market, which is likely behind the special rebalancing effort. The seven largest companies in the NASDAQ 100 account for 55% of the whole index, and it seems likely that this combined weighting will be reduced. Okay, and moving over to the UK now, the UK Finance Minister Jeremy Hunt said yesterday that the UK government and the Bank of England will do what is necessary for as long as necessary to return inflation to its 2% target, which some in the media are interpreting as Hunt dropping hints that interest rates will stay high for some time yet. Do you have any more for us on this? 
Yes, all eyes were on Jeremy Hunt last night as the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer delivered his annual Mansion House speech. Hunt laid out a fresh new vision to unlock tens of billions of pounds from pension funds by urging them to up investments into early stage businesses and private equity. Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey also spoke at Mansion House yesterday and said that Britain's inflation rate is likely to drop significantly this year adding that the full impact of interest rate increases has yet to have had its desired knock-on effect on the economy. This comes as British inflation hit a 41-year high of uh, 11.1 in October last year and has been more persistent and slower to fall than in other big economies. And last month, of course, the Bank of England unexpectedly raised its key interest rate by half a percentage point to 5% after sticky inflation uh, at 8.7% more than four times the official 2% target. This stickiness inflation is really convincing markets that the Bank of England may have to raise rates to six and a quarter or even six and a half percent later this year or in early 2024. And if we cast our minds back to January when Prime Minister Rishi Sunak promised to halve inflation this year, this goal is currently looking a long way off now that we're halfway through the year. And how are markets faring over in Asia so far today? So China's pledge to support its real estate market has given Asian markets something of a boost today, and Asian equities are trading higher. The Hang Seng is up by over 1.5%. The Korean Kospi and the ASX are also well up by over 1%, while the Japanese Nikkei and Topix indices are trading around flat. And just finally then, what can we expect for the day ahead? Well, Europe looks set for a positive start this morning following yesterday's gains on Wall Street. And today sees the NATO annual summit open in Lithuania. And in terms of data releases, we'll see German inflation numbers and UK unemployment figures. A quick look at the futures board shows that the US is set for a positive open later today. And that's everything for me today, Helen. Very good. Thank you very much, John T. Now, Manuel, thanks for joining us this morning as well. Um, In terms of digital assets, it's all been about Bitcoin and Ethereum lately. So I wondered, can you tell us a bit about what's happening to the rest of the tokens, like Solana maybe? Yes, indeed. It has all been about Bitcoin and Ethereum lately, potentially due to the fact that all the ETFs have been revolving around Bitcoin. So Solana actually squeezed itself back into the top 10 cryptos by market cap. This week, after a double-digit rally, Solana rallied close to 15%, and it reached this top 10 crypto position, which was long lost since the the unfortunate events that took place last year. So proponents argue that the rally was potentially triggered by an increased crypto market-wide optimism due to speculation over large institutions investing and developing in the asset class. And do you think the rally is really sustainable? So through this, you know, Solana's rally has been driven by speculation, in my personal opinion, you know. Solana NFT volumes are still at rock bottom, and Solana's once triumphant $10 billion DeFi ecosystem now sits at just under $290 This is a 97% decline. Despite the lack of interest and the catastrophic performance, Solana's fanatics still believe that Ethereum's Cancun upgrade that will attempt to increase scalability by increasing sharding or partitioning the blockchain in smaller fragments will bring a myriad of problems. And to put things into perspective, Solana's total transaction count still sits at at its lowest point in over a year, with active addresses that have declined close to 75% for the same time frame. In September last year, Solana moved far above $1.5 trillion in on-chain volumes, and as of June 2023, 
Solana's on-chain volume was considerably lower, sitting below $50 billion. All in all, the rally is not supported by adoption metrics and rather by capital inflows to, uh, to the blockchain and likely by speculation. The optimism for institutional adoption is unlikely to spill over in a sustainable fashion for Solana, as most of the spot ETFs are tracking Bitcoin, and most of the tokenization projects will likely be built on Ethereum or Ethereum virtual machine compatible blockchains, which Solana is not. Solana was also labeled as a security by the Securities and Exchange Commission on the recent Coinbase lawsuits, further raising eyebrows on the episteme of the rally. The U.S. regulatory backdrop is still uncertain, and tokens labeled as securities will likely be on the losing end. Great. Thanks a lot, Manuel. Good to get your thoughts on this. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Bernadette will be back and she'll be speaking to more of our colleagues, including Dario Messi, who'll be providing an update on fixed income. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.